0: But we have we have failed, I think, pretty miserably to extend the welcome hand uh, of Jesus to our homosexual uh, people around us um, and invited them into the gospel where uh, they can struggle with this. Yes. William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the hopper podcast. Welcome to another edition of the hopper podcast. We're going to build off of a former topic. We had a discussion about, um, what it means to be intersex. Yes. Um, if you haven't heard that episode, please go back and listen to that because it really is a precursor to what we're going to talk about today, which is homosexuality. Absolutely. Furthermore, we're not going to comprehensively handle this topic. It's a big one. We'll, it's um, huge. Just like politics and race and things. We're going to take little bite-sized nuggets here and there. We're going to get started today, though, Yeah. And um, talking about homosexuality.
1: I should, we should probably say at the beginning, this is going to be super helpful for some people and not at all helpful for others. Is yeah. that okay to say? I think that's right. I think that's true for most of our podcasts, yeah? <laughs> I, th- I suppose that's <laughs> true. Yeah. So if you're looking for uh, some specific thing on homosexuality, uh, on our take on some specific aspect of this issue, you may have come to the exact right place, and but maybe you've come to the exact wrong place and you're going to be frustrated by the end.
0: Yeah. That's true, but... We'll, we'll is return it is. to it. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll return, return to it just... and
1: keep keep asking your questions. Yeah, um so
0: starting from the intersex conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where we start going. Uh, yeah, where we reviewed Yeah. Uh let me let me review for a second. Uh-huh. We
1: we Not too much because I want people to listen to it. Yeah, they need to go back and listen to it. But
0: bio, yeah. biologically there is a there's a place yeah. in in a few births. Yep. Uh we're talking about, you know, 5 out of 10,000. Yep. Um where we don't know the gender or the gender is very hard to determine. Yeah. And there are many factors involved there. It's not just your chromosomes. It's not just your genitalia. Um, it has to do with hormone levels and response to hormones. And yeah. And I also said that, uh, that a lot of that category, there are folks who, who do tend to lean toward one gender or the other. Yep. Um, it's a very small number of people where we just simply can't tell. Mm-hmm. We also discussed how hormones also change your thinking yes, and and format your brain. Everyone knows, I mean, there's been books, like Men Are From, what is it? Women Are Men From are Venus, from, Men Are From Mars. Is yeah. That, um, they're, they're compartmentalized Thinking versus Holistic Thinking. Right, um, right, there's right, all right. kinds of books and sermons sure. and stuff about that, right? Men tend to think differently than women, and Correct. that has to do with hormones affecting their brain mm-hmm. which also includes your sexual attraction yes so if biologically mm-hmm. there are people in the category of intersex where we we can't determine their gender sure most certainly there are people who are confused in their sexual attractions yes based upon their body chemistry and other factors yes and they are in a place that I would not want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a difficult circumstance. Yeah. What, what an isolating, uh, growing up, especially in the 70s and 80s like you and I, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been uh, very traumatic yes. to be confused in that way. Yes. Um, not sure what you're attracted to or, or certain that you're attracted to something that is um, you know,
1: homosexual and all of its stigma. Right, it's going to get you ridiculed and um, beaten and or killed possibly. And and and, uh, and there have been many examples of hate crimes that way really, right. um, that have made the news that are just absolutely horrific that just break my heart. Yeah, break my heart.
0: Um, and and we talked about uh, Matthew nineteen. I want to return to okay. uh, where uh-huh. Jesus says that some people were made eunuchs by men, mm-hmm. and others were born that way. Mm-hmm. And he says that before he starts talking about living a life of celibacy devoted to God, and if if there, if gender can be messed up, certainly attraction yeah um, can be messed up at higher numbers and hi, a higher degree. Sure, and it doesn't particularly matter if someone's attraction is caused by men and abuse mm-hmm. when they're children, which is one of the large arguments um, that conservatives have. That uh, homosexuality is not something that people are born with; they, they choose it. It's like a are lifestyle. Are still people saying that? I don't know, but I I've I heard not. it my whole life. But I've heard
1: it my whole life, um, but I haven't heard it recently, and it, maybe it's the circles that I'm in. Yeah. I hope no one's not still saying that.
0: Yeah, I agree because it, it's clear, even from the scripture, like I'm I'm quoting. Yeah. Um, now some some people do have homosexual tendencies because they were abused in their childhood. We've seen that. We can document that. Mm-hmm. That's that's been well shown. But other times... But that's not true for everybody, for sure. That's Sometimes they're born this way. Yeah. Um, they're born with, with this attraction that's never going to change. Yep. It's never going to leave them. It's not going to be... Th- uh, there's no therapy to that's get right. it out of them. That's right. It is part of the genetics and uh, some of the anomaly that, that happened in in whatever circumstance. Yeah. That, uh, you know, like I said, there are many, many factors involved here.
1: Um, yeah, it's very complex who... It is. ...who you're attracted to, whom you're attracted to. Um, Yeah, very complex. So Jesus acknowledges this. Yeah. Uh, Some people
0: are made this way by abuse. Others um, are born this way. Mm -hmm. But then he goes on, either way, the result for those folks is a life devoted to God, a life of celibacy. That's right. And you and I agree upon this, but many Christians do not. Correct. They feel like, well, if they've been born this way and they're sexual creatures, they should be able to express that sexuality with homosexual sex. Yes. Which... God calls an abomination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh,
1: you want to, your thoughts for a moment? Yeah. Um, I think part of what you're talking about is that uh, it's helpful to say that there, we have all, all of us have all kinds of disordered thinking and desires. Yeah. And just because I desire something doesn't mean that it's good. And that's true for anything. Yes. All kinds of desires I have are not good and need to be suppressed. Correct. Um, and, and that is true even in the sexual realm For sure, where I am not, uh, I don't have any sense of homosexuality in myself. Um, but who was it? Uh, somebody said that, um, my sexual orientation is to go out and have sex with lots of beautiful women. Right. And that's inappropriate and disordered. Right. Not uh, what God wants. That's not what God not wants. Not what his word says. But there's no question. It's not what he has for us. It's not what he has for me. And yet it is a desire that I have. For There's sure. no question about it. Right. And uh, so I have to suppress that, even though it's an appetite that I have. Right. Uh, although, and so that, what, what I mean to say is that- Just uh, because you have an appetite doesn't mean that you should embrace it. Correct. Correct. Right. On the other hand, I want to be really clear that, that there is uh, some appropriate appetite for my sexual desires, and that is to get married, which I have done. And what you and I are going to say is that there is not, a, not an appropriate outlet for homosexual sexual desires. Yeah. And that is a huge difference. And I, I want to have uh, incredible compassion for mm-hmm. people for whom there, there is really no, out, no proper outlet for that desire. Yes. And you know, when
0: I was a younger Christian, I was under the impression that these uh, the people were dynamic enough that these appetites could change Mm. with repentance, with therapy, with, with, um, you know, embracing what God has for, uh, us in our, in our gender definitions and gender roles. Yeah. Um, and there have been success stories there, but, uh, Lately, it's been shown that they are
1: few and far between. Very few. Yeah, they're very far between.
0: I do know people who have actively repented and they have married an appropriate match, and it's just as part of the struggle uh, in the flora of struggles in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's part of what they deal with, and I I have seen this. I know people like this, mm-hmm. and so I uh, I don't think it's it's as dramatic as. Um, maybe some people recently have made it to be. Yes. Uh, because if I happen to know a few people in this category, I think that people can um, actively seek marriage when they are less attracted or maybe not attracted to the opposite sex. Yes. Uh, that They can have a, a fulfilling sexual life um, as part of God's plan Correct. for man, man and woman to be married. But what we have learned recently is that uh, the, for the the majority
1: of these folks, this does not work. And even for the—I don't know the folks that you're talking about exactly, uh-huh. but I know one person like that. Yeah. Um, and even for uh, that person that I know, and I would guess for those that you know, um, it, it is not a complete change. Uh, it is, it's a struggle that they it's have a struggle. Th- their it, entire yeah. life. And throughout history, there have been many, many, many marriages who have struggled— um sexually in sure. lots of ways mm-hmm. and but still have a uh a marriage that is fulfilling yeah. and and even glorifying to god right. and so um yeah and but then other people no matter how hard they try they they can't even uh contemplate the the concept of marriage right yeah that yeah. leads me to uh i don't know if you um remember, remember exodus international yes um, you know that they, they the whole point of that uh it was a it was a group that was trying to um, help people help leave homosexuality. People, yes, to mm-hmm. reorient them right. from 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 homosexual to yeah. uh, heterosexual, and um, they used intensive counseling and abstinence and teaching and prayer and uh, Bible study and all the kind of things. Right. Um, it's interesting that uh, they the two founders um, that founded the group in 1976. They both left in 1979. And then shortly after that, they divorced their wives and then had a commitment ceremony to each other. Mm. Uh, and, that, and Exodus International closed completely in 2013. Mm-hmm. And the president at the time, Alan Chambers, um, said this. He said, quote, I'm sorry for the pain and hurt many of you have experienced. I'm sorry that some of you spent years working through the shame and guilt you felt when your attractions didn't change. I'm sorry we promoted sexual orientation change efforts and reparative therapies, excuse me, reparative theories about sexual orientation that stigmatized parents, end quote. Um, and he, when he did that, he also uh, said that he did not know of a single person who had uh, gone from being a homosexual person to a heterosexual person, not one. Uh-huh. And, yeah, those kind of therapies just don't work. yeah. It's just not possible. Yeah, and
0: again, Jesus's answer for this is is a life devoted to God, right? Um, and right. that I think is difficult for some people to to stomach. Yeah, um, and therefore they, I think they try to do a a dance around some very clear scripture. And by the way, I don't care. You and I don't care what people what their sexual affinities for or what they're interested in. I'm, I'm just trying to say yep. what I think God has said. That's right. Um, and, and when he says it's an abomination, he's talking about the act of, of homosexual sex. Right. Um, uh, can you be a, a very happy Christian and in our church, can you come to our church and, and, and be gay? Um, that depends on what, what you mean by that. If you have attractions, absolutely. Um, are you, are you actively embracing the lifestyle that God calls an abomination? Well, you're not going to be a member. Uh, <laughs> um, you can come and participate to a degree, uh, but we don't support that. And that's not because of our affinities or our dislikes or anything that, that has to do with us at all. It's just that we're going on what God has said. What about someone who's struggling? Yeah, so we all have sin yeah. and we all struggle. Yeah, um, And so someone who's... Who's actively saying this is not what God wants, however, I'm struggling to look at pornography mm-hmm. uh, that's you know gay i'm I'm struggling um, with a variety of ways that they could yeah. I think that 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 is the same as uh you know i there, there's a co-ed and the, and they're struggling with their sexual appetite sure um, or someone is struggling with a pornography addiction um, that isn't homosexual in nature. Um, They're struggling. We're calling it sin. There's hopefully an active sense of repentance. And Mm -hmm. that's just where membership and church discipline comes in to say, Hey, to any of these, you know, someone who's, who's too intense and angry, you know, a church may say, Hey, let's get some counseling. Let's talk about this because we want to see improvement in this area of your life. Um, So yeah, they can, they can fully participate. It's when they say, this is the way God made me. This is a good thing. I embrace this, and you need to embrace it, and you need to celebrate it along with me. No, I can't, right. because it violates what
1: God has said. Okay, now we keep saying that this violates what God has said, and that it is an abomination. That's the word that, that the Bible uses. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a few minutes, and let's take a look at the Scripture passages yeah. to, sh- to show what that means. Because quite honestly, this is one of those few pla- one of the few places— few? Maybe it's more than a few. This is uh, a topic where certainly my inclination is the opposite of what Scripture says. Hmm. Somebody asked me one time a really pointed question that I love the question, but I I hesitate to ask it too much um, because it does seem so aggressive. But the question is this. uh, What parts of the Bible do you wish were not there? I think it's a beautiful question. Yeah, This is one of those parts of the Bible that I wish were not there. Um, Okay. But... Here it is, and let's look at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, let's look at the story in Genesis um, 19, uh, the story, the famous story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Where um, you've got some uh, visitors to the city. Um, verse four says uh, the relevant passage: "The men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house, and they called to Lot. That's the the." Uh, the person that, th- that these two yeah. men were visiting. Um, Where are the men who came out? Uh, t- came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Meaning uh, have sex with them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, everyone agrees that that's what that means. Yeah. That's, that's how the Bible talks about it. Uh, Lot went out to the men of the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Um, and he goes on from there. Actually, what he does is he, he offers to them uh, for their sexual appetite his daughter's. Horrendous, yeah, absolutely horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, yeah, it, it's it, uh, it makes me stop to in just horror about this situation. And
0: and yet I'm going to crack a joke here, okay. sort of.
1: Okay, relieve the tension. <laughs> and yet
0: you're against the Second Amendment. <laughs> Because I would just, um, yeah, that would be a time when I would be happy to have a, <laughs> a yeah,
1: weapon yeah, in my yeah. house. Anyway, another I, topic for another day. Another topic for another yeah. day. I hear what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now, um, what what can we say about this? This is the first really example of any sort of homosexual sex. First of all, I will say that as best as I can tell, as I have said of this passage, this passage is... Um, it, it only in a cursory way about homosexual sex, if it's about that at all. This is not about homosexual people. It specifically says all the men of the city to the last man came. There's no way that all those people were homosexual, had uh, were homosexual dealings uh, or, or uh, inclinations. Rather, it was common in the ancient world for... Uh, Uh, For that to be a way of violent dominance, when when one city state would attack another one way to subdue the people to shame them to to uh, show your oppression of them is to rape them rape, especially the men, the men and the women. But especially the men. Like prison. To show your dominance. Exactly. That's what's going on here. And so this is not about homosexual people engaging in some sort of loving act of sex the way that a married couple would. This story is not so much about homosexual sex as it is about violence. Yes. About rape. About um, oppression. And if that is not clear, then I'll say that multiple times throughout Scripture, the Bible talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and the evils that are there, and it never once refers to homosexual sex. Never once. In Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah condemns Sodom for injustice, for the fatherless, and for the widow, and it points out the inhospitality for the vulnerable guests. Ezekiel 16, condemns Sodom for pride, excess of food, prosperous ease, and that they did not aid the poor and the needy. Uh, he uh, uh, Sounds like a lot of our communities. Yeah. The Lord says, they were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them. Um, it's hard to say what the abomination is exactly, but what, it's ta- what it says specifically is pride, excess of food, prosperous ease, and they didn't help the poor and needy. When Jesus talks about it in uh, Matthew chapter 10... He specifically uses it as an il- Sodom and Gomorrah as an illustration of a of a town that's wicked because of its inhospitality mm-hmm. to strangers. And so, of the multiple times, many times, the Bible talks about it. It never refers to homosexual sex. This this story is not about that. Okay, so it, fit this into the larger context here. Yeah. So I think um, if if we think about well, this is this this is the story from which we get the word sodomy, right. And if we read this story and we think about, oh, the problem here is the homosexual sex. The problem of Sodom and Gomorrah is that Mm -hmm. their proclivities toward homosexual sex. Then, uh, then we are missing the point completely. At least we're missing the point that Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jesus, and other Bible commentators see when they read it. Uh huh. And I think that if we're talking about the 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 sin of inhospitality and not violence and violence and not taking care of the poor and the vulnerable. Oh my goodness, this is a story that is very indicting of I think many of us.
0: Well, I think where you're itching to go is um how the church has treated homosexuals. Yes. Uh with with violence and inhospitality. Yes. Um and therefore have been guiltier perhaps uh depending on the degree uh yes. than than homosexual sex, yes. uh, which is which is an abomination. I mean, this we'll see that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want yeah, keep rolling through some scripture here? Well, we can, but go, keep going with what you're doing. Well, okay. Well, we can get back to it as well um, after you after you've gone through the scripture. Um, but we have we have failed, I think, pretty miserably to extend the welcome hand uh, of Jesus to yes. our homosexual uh, people around us, um, and invited them into the gospel where, uh, they can struggle with this. Yes. Um, that's right. And on the other hand, there are churches that have wholesale, uh, just rejected the scripture that you're going to go over in hopes of trying to bring people into the community without ever addressing sin. And we talked in a former podcast about Jesus and the woman caught in adultery Yeah. He, he shows mercy, but he
1: also addressed the sin. That's right. Yeah. Here we are again critiquing both the right and the left. Yeah. Um, it's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a similar story in Judges 19. I don't want to go over it because it's very, very similar. If you know about that, it, it's, I, I don't even want to talk about it because it's so horrific in a similar sort of way. But um, let's, let's talk about Leviticus. Leviticus 18 um, says you shall not this is in the law code yeah you shall not lie with a male as with a woman it is an abomination there's the word Uh uh-huh right and then in a couple chapters later it says if a man lies with a male as with a woman both of them have committed abomination they shall surely be put to death their blood is upon them now what would you say to someone who
0: says that that is only for the levitical priesthood and not for humanity
1: Yeah, you know, that's interesting. You mean for the priests only? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's interesting because, well, I don't know. We may have to cut this out because I haven't heard that (laughs) argument. I haven't heard that it's only for the priesthood. Um, I've heard many other things um, that that, uh, more specifically that it is that the abomination here refers to merely being unclean. Uh-huh. and that this is, this is uh, something that would make you ritually unclean. However, the word abomination is not used for, uh, it is in a list. It, uh, so it's in a list of things that, are, that do make you ritually unclean, and so that would be the reason. This is also, this is part of that list of things that make you ritually unclean. But this specifically says an abomination, and that never refers to something that's ritually unclean. In fact, um, the word abomination is ascribed to uh, incest, Adultery, cross-dressing, swearing falsely, oppressing the poor, aliens, widows, orphans, cheating the poor, robbery, extortion, charging interest to Israelites, arrogance, hypocritical um, incense, sacrifice, or prayer, and then marriage to someone who worships a false god, and a few other things as well. But these are not things that bring you ritual uncleanness. These are things that are sinful. That are immoral. Immoral. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um I don't know. What do you think about uh, what What have you heard, or how do you think about um, Well, I, So the law is, I don't think,
0: is so easily delineated between um, what God's asking of His priests and what He's asking of humanity. Mm. Um, and when you do have words like abomination, I think it becomes clear um, that yeah. He's not talking about a ritual uncleanness. Um, furthermore, the, the law it, it cycles in and out from from uh, what could be applied to only priests. Um, but I see it as a continuum in that when James says that we ought not to be uh, teachers uh, whimsically because that we're brought under greater condemnation, more scrutiny. Yeah. Um, I think the same is for the priesthood, but I don't think that that, that passage therefore is, is suggesting that everyone else can have homosexual sex, just not the priests. Mm, right. um, I, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, particularly when you, you combine all this with all the other passages, which are, which are replete. I mean, there's many, I mean, from Romans one to, to Genesis, the definition, the very definition of marriage. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, I think when you take the, the whole enchilada together, uh, you would with that word abomination, you would have a very difficult time arguing that it was only for the priesthood. Yeah. Um, then you, you're just cutting up the law into sections that, that seem to flow pretty seamlessly. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: that's right. And what criteria would you have to do that? Right. Except your own uh, yeah. inclinations or desires. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to Romans 1. There's so much more to say about Leviticus, but let's go to—I want to uh, I'm gonna do kind of an overview here. Uh, yeah. Romans chapter 1 is um, probably the most important text um, to, to look at the morality of homosexual sex. Um, let's see. It says— uh, Romans 1, verse 24 Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the Creator, rather than the Creator who was forever blessed. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women, and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men, and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Um, yeah, this is um, it's hard to it's hard to uh, argue with this one. Yeah, pretty clearly, it's talking about um, uh, Paul is arguing about just how bad humanity has become, the sinfulness of humanity, and he uses many different examples, but one of them in in the list is. Um, Homosexual activity. Yeah. Um, some have said that Paul is talking specifically here about exploitative um, homosexual sex. And so that was not uncommon. Uh, it was known in the ancient Roman world to have servants or slaves that were, that, that were part of their duties was sexual. Um, and so a man would have a, a male slave that, and part of his duty would be sexual. But there is an enormous amount of evidence that there was lots and lots of consensual sexual relationships in the mm-hmm. ancient world as well, and he doesn't say he doesn't make that distinction here right. at all. When other places in his writings, Paul is very uh, happy to talk about those kinds of exploitative relationships, not sexual so much, but yeah. in other kinds of things. Yeah. That to me, that
0: really reeks of just trying to dance around the passage and avoid what it's clearly saying that these behaviors are an, uh, a departure from God's plan a departure from what is normal, natural, yeah. Yeah. What, what he has organized gender to be, um, and therefore it's a violation to
1: him in the highest order. Yeah. So then there's another response um, that folks have made that said, uh, because it says, uh, let's see, men gave up natural relations with women, and then women also gave up natural relations with men, saying that, um, that is re- he's referring only to people who are heterosexual, and because that's their natural inclination is toward the opposite sex, then if you are if a heterosexual experiments with homosexuality, then they're giving up their natural inclination to do it. But if someone is naturally homosexual, then that's not what Paul's talking about here. But that also seems uh, to me to be quite a stretch. Uh, in fact, um, I, I read a book from um, Lewis Crompton, Homosexuality and Civilization, um, and. He, this author is actually quite favorable toward homosexuality. And uh, it, he thinks that it is resilient and beautiful uh, despite how civilizations have often persecuted it. He really he really loves it and, and wants to. But this is what he says about it. Some interpreters seeking to mitigate Paul's harshness have read the passage as condemning not homosexuals generally, but only homosexual men and women who experimented with hom- heterosexual men and women who experimented with homosexuality. Such a reading, however well-intentioned, seems strained and unhistorical. Nowhere does Paul or any Jewish writer of this period imply the least acceptance of same-sex relations under any circumstances. The idea that homosexuals might be redeemed by mutual devotion would have been wholly foreign to Paul or any other Jew or early Christian. And I, and I think they're right about that. Mm-hmm. It's you just have to ignore what is actually being said here. It's it's uh, it's a pretty clear passage right. that I don't know how uh, to get around, really. Um, not and then, boy, it, it's it's rooted in creation. He talks a lot about the creation, the creator, and he right. says this is the way things are supposed to be. Yeah, and how we how um, the idea is that he is comparing the way things are supposed to be Genesis one and two to the way things are, and one of those differences is homosexual mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. as opposed to God created m- man and woman and brought them together
0: to be married. By to the be way, married, yeah, that's not right. to not to be. Sexually crazed out in the <laughs> right. right. Well, there is yeah. that. There is that. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Paul has one other um, passage that is actually is uh, is helpful. Um, uh, two. Well, two other passages. First Corinthians nine. Excuse me. First Corinthians six nine um, talks. Uh, let's see. Says, um, don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then verse 11, uh, thankfully he says, and such were some of you. So I, I appreciate that part. That'll bring in the gospel in yeah, uh, yeah. later on. There's a list like
0: that in Revelation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few other places that, that I, I don't know if they include homosexuality or not. I think it does
1: in Revelation for sure. Um, Well, in 1 Corinthians 6, um, so you've got um, sexually immoral, that's that's the Greek word pornos, from which Mm -hmm. we get pornography, which is just generally sexual sin of any kind. And okay, so that's not specifically homosexual sex, although it could be if, you know, whatever. But then um, later on in the list, he has, um, this translation says men who practice homosexuality. Um, The word there is malakoi. Um, which literally means soft ones. And it was a common word in the... Someone who was soft, a man who was soft. And uh, it was a common word in the ancient language there, ancient uh, Greek Mm -hmm. language, to refer to men who are uh, effeminate. effeminate. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is...
0: uh, These lists capture all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all idolaters or liars or swindlers of some kind. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so these lists... uh, every single person will fall into some part of these lists mm-hmm. that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Right. Um, right. If not for repentance and faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which means that you can struggle and fight and do battle with these inclinations yep. in the gospel. Yep. Um, but you cannot say, Hey, I am a, an idolater. And, or I'm a liar, yep. and that is okay. Yep. And you have to accept this in me and embrace it. And that's what some people in homosexuality do. Yep. Is say, I was born this way. This is the way God me. Therefore, you must love me um, in this way. You must embrace this part of me. Right. And these, I think, these passages say, no all of us are found guilty. All of us are found a liar. Mm-hmm. There's only one who is true, and that is God. And the only way that we can receive the gifts of salvation in Christ is when we humble ourselves and acknowledge our brokenness in whatever form it is, yeah. be it homosexuality or adultery or you name it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you have what's called contumacy, right, mm. mm-hmm. uh, where you— are failing to repent of sin. You're embracing sin and calling it right. Yes. Um, and if we if we say we are without
1: sin, we make God out to be a liar. That's right. And the truth is not in us. You know, these lists like this also um, lead me to believe that uh, homosexual sex and other sexual sin is no different than these other, uh, it's, it's sin. There's nothing, there's not a special right. category. There's not a special category.
0: I think that comes from the uh, from Corinthians, where it talks about sexual sin being uh, against your own body, and it, mm-hmm. it's some sort of there is some uniqueness to it. Oh, sure. Um, and so then with the with the further aberration of what is unnatural, um, there's a, there's probably a little more disdain for it. but that quickly gets us back to the fact that the church has done a terrible job at um extending the gospel and the grace of Jesus to yes. this category of people yes. Yes. um labeling them as as freaks and treating them as such right uh, and i think your points valid that uh, well hey it, maybe you're forgetting about your own sins which yes. are many yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, destructive and uh, yeah and aberrant in some way
1: right and and listed alongside these i mean these lists right. yeah, who, right. who everyone's going to find themselves in his list so um I I mentioned, I need to mention just real briefly cuz yeah. someone uh who knows this passage well is going to know that I left it out if I don't say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh so it's so Malacoi means the soft soft ones and then immediately following that is the word arsenacoi which is probably a word that he made up. We can't find it anywhere else in ancient literature, but we know what it means because it's a compound word meaning uh male layers or male bedders. Mm-hmm. Uh someone who takes a man to bed. Yeah. Someone who takes a man to bed. And um and so yeah, he probably made that up, and it's he's probably thinking about Leviticus 18 and 20 that I read earlier mm-hmm. that if a man lays with a man, like he, like with a woman, so he's thinking right. about that probably. But someone who, and so that's very clearly, um, someone who is, uh, okay, so, um, a couple other passages people say I, I've read and even recently that David and Jonathan mm. were homosexual lovers, yeah, um. That's crazy. Um, they, yeah, there's they, no warrant for that. They clearly loved each other and had an intimate relationship. I think that is more of an indictment upon our culture where men, uh, there's no category for loving intimate friendships among men. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of an indictment about about our. And then uh, even even less clear uh, or more obscure, I suppose. I've heard people talk about Naomi and Ruth. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that is almost exclusively comes from the fact. That in Ruth chapter one we have these famous words, "Where you go, I will go," and "Your God will be my God," and yeah. you know that we use in weddings. That has, in the context, has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and so then we import our. Uh, when, when I hear that those words, I think of marital love, and then I discover that it was you know. Uh, Right, spoken by a, a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law, and as, you know, as she's looking, for, you know, in a few verses, she's going to start looking for a man, right, um, to marry, and we'll find one, and we'll find one, <laughs> yes, um, and is successful in her quest.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I, you know, there's imagine uh, there's a parent, they have a child, they yeah. love this child. Yeah. This child grows up and um, is a homosexual yeah and this child is embracing homosexuality, yeah they are not calling it um against God's will, yep. they're not calling it sin, yeah um they're not wrestling with it or yep. uh trying to be celibate mm-hmm. um and they are still claiming christianity yeah uh i I can think of people specific people who have had to struggle through this yeah um and uh it has often changed their view mm-hmm. uh. And denying all of these passages, yeah. and if you take yeah. the, the the whole uh, the lump of some of them, yeah. um, it's it's a lot to try to deny. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, my my heart goes out to them. Yeah, you know, I I, I feel their pain. Um, I don't think that the appropriate answer is to alter what God has said, mm-hmm. as you had mentioned. I I I would prefer that this were not the case, because I don't like the conflict and I don't like people being upset. Yes. Um, and the, the, the visceral reaction when you, when you uh, oppose homosexuality, mm-hmm. particularly in our culture, in our day mm-hmm. um, is a very intense visceral reaction. I mean, sure. you're a hater, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why would we want to align ourselves on what seems to be lacking compassion? And certainly has continuity with a church that has been, Abusive and hurtful. Yeah. Um, very difficult position to hold culturally. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on people to dismiss God's word. Yes. And I want yes. to just call, first, I, I recognize that, but we need to uh, look at God's word uh, fairly, honestly, without these kinds of pressures of bias
1: pushed upon us. Yeah. A part of the reason I think for that is. Goes back to the we just have this binary right and left, mm-hmm. good uh, you know that's that's extreme on both sides that is so pushed by our culture. Do you know who Andrew Marin is? No, I I, I was um, I, I expected you to say that, and I'm sad about that. And here's the reason: Andrew Marin he's a he's a Christian mm-hmm. um, who writes and talks extensively on creating a dialogue between LGBT people and Christian people, and of course some are both. But um, about those two groups of people, he's got a CV, um, uh, you know, a, a resume that makes him an expert among experts. I mean, he, the, the guy is absolutely brilliant and he has, he's been doing this for a long, long time, kind of a bridge builder uh, doing this for for decades. Um, he's written multiple books. He gets asked for media interviews all, all the time because of his work with the UN and with um, so many groups of people. But... You've never heard of him because in all these stories that want to quote him, he never, his quotes never make it into the story, whether it's CNN or the New York Times or wherever he's going. Right. His, he never gets in there. And I've talked to him before um, because what he says is that uh, when, he, when a journalist approaches him, they've already written their story. What they're looking for is quotes and sound bites to plug into the story that they've right. already written. Right. And his quotes don't fit in to either side. And so they make, never make it to the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when someone, uh, when you're saying someone has a has a child like that, and then they change their opinion, they really feel like th- there's only one other way to go. You know, th- th- there's either this way or that way. It's either um, I love everything about homosexual mm-hmm. uh, uh, homosexual sex and homo- you know the whole, right. or uh, they are all of the devil and irredeemable. Right. Uh, that's just that's crazy. That's not what we see in scripture at all. Yeah. That's not what we see in Jesus. Uh, Andrew Marin has got um, uh, a book. Um, my favorite of his is called Love as an Orientation. And he has he's lived for most of his life. Uh, I think he's still there, although I haven't followed him. I don't, I don't know where he's living recently, but I think he's still in Boys Town. There's a, there's a zip code in the middle of Chicago um, that is not part of the city of Chicago. It's its own town. But it's completely surrounded by the city of Chicago. And um, it is, I for, I'm going to make up a number, but it's, it's close to something like 80% LGBT people. He is not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Christian, and he, is, he has ne- never said whether he thinks homosexual sex is sinful or not. And he says people should say that, and I have my opinion, but I'm not going to say. Because my job, he says, is to bring people together. And that's what he does. And he's really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been living there for a long, long time, and in his mind, as a missionary. As a missionary. Yeah. And his book, Loves and Orientation, is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, I haven't heard of it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. very, very good. I'll let you borrow it if you want. Okay. It's published by University. All right. Um, he the uh, I first heard about him when I was living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and the LGBTQ um, community on, on campus Um. Reached out to the Ruf Minister, Christian uh, uh, Campus Minister, and said, "Hey, could we partner together to bring Andrew Marin to campus uh, to speak?" And so that's what they did. And that's and I went to to hear him and got right. to know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty amazing man. Um, anyway, okay, so um, where are we with all this?
0: Yeah, well, let's um, wrap this up. Yeah, so I I think we've We've clearly stated our position as far as um, that this is not something that is that is uh, merely culture or or merely uh, caused by abuse. Um, Although I would add that culture has inflamed it and ignited it into more than I think it 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 is. Sure. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, There are far more people struggling with this and being confused by this. Uh, because of our culture, yep. then legitimately have same-sex attraction. Yep. Uh, so that's not a, you know, that that is a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is the reality that we live in. Yeah. Jesus acknowledges this reality. Mm-hmm. He calls people with sexual confusion or homosexual tendencies to celibacy. Yeah. Um, we do, however, want to be a place that welcomes folks yes. to the gospel without diluting... Um, God's word, uh, but also handedly acknowledging that we are all sinners in need yes. of His grace. Yes, we just need to be able to call our sin sin. And there are lots of people who are terrifically self righteous that are not homosexual, but they have horrendous sin mm-hmm. that they are that they are not do, uh, doing battle with. And I would call them as well um, to. To some, you know, celibacy is self-denial. Yes. And, and that's true for whatever sin you're struggling with. Yes. You need to uh, work on these things before the Lord by his grace and mercy, knowing that you're forgiven in Jesus. But let's not call sin righteousness or sin good mm-hmm. in any category. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's recognize our common humanity and let's be able to project what it must be like to have this struggle. I mean, just consider what 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 kind of person would you want to meet, yeah. had you grown up in the locker room, yes. having this sort of struggle and identity crisis, um, and and those sorts of stigmas placed in the fear, um, and the isolation. What yeah. kind of people would you like to meet? Yes. Um, and and to know and and you know that's who the the Christian church ought to be. Yeah. Without saying. Oh, we, we love this and fully embrace it. And this is not against God's word because it is. Yeah. Um, but we need to do much better. Uh, people just, uh, it, people hate, um, and it, when they have a justification, um, they allow that hate to, uh, to be expressed or to fester in ways that, that are sinful. Yeah. You agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, hopefully, we've, this is a good start.
1: Hey, Dave, I was um, on vacation recently, and I, and I ran across um, a, a, a little biography on a plaque of Sequoia. Do you know who Sequoia is? Um, it's a big tree in California. Yes, that big tree in California is named after a person named Sequoia. And a Native American. Yeah, Native American. Mm. And I learned a little bit about him, and it was so interesting that I had to go and research some more. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, great. So, you don't know about Sequoia? Not really, no. I didn't either, and now I feel super embarrassed. Huh. Um, and so, okay, Sequoia, um, what he's most known for, a, 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 um, he was Cherokee, and in 1821, so we're talking about uh, the beginning of the time when the United States was born. Right? Okay, in like the Carolinas. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's okay. right. Um, he actually he spent a lot of his life in Oklahoma, but he spent a lot of it in North Carolina as well. Uh-huh. And he traveled a bunch in okay. Washington D.C. and anyway, what he's most known for is that in 1821, he completed uh, a Cherokee syllabary. It's uh, sort of like an alphabet, but it's with syllables instead of instead of letters. Okay. Um up until that time, there was no way to write down the Cherokee language. They had no written word. Gotcha. And so he, this is, uh, uh, most historians say this is the only time, the only time that someone from a preliterate society created an effective writing system. He's the only person in history who's ever done that. Okay. And he created a system that was so... Amazing and so easy to learn and brilliant that um, shortly after that, uh, there were more literate Cherokee people than their white counterparts in the Mm -hmm. area. They had over 90% literacy rate Mm. within his lifetime, the Cherokee people did, using his system, going from completely illiterate, not just illiterate, they had no concept of a writing system, absolutely amazing. It is still in use now. If you go to Cherokee um, reservations now, his s- system is still in use. Um, you look at, at like uh, street names and stuff. It's uh-huh. it's his it's his writing system, and that inspired at least now 21 known writing systems in 65 languages that are being used now. 65 at least 65 languages um, have used his system in order to, to, go, so, to help people go from an illiterate to a literate society.
0: So he, his system advanced linguistics across- Oh, my gosh.
1: How far? Across the world? Across the world, yeah. Uh-huh. In, right now, um, in, yeah, in every continent that where people exist, his system is in use, uh, helping people who don't have a literary system to have one. And the trees are named after him. And so anything named sequoia is named after him. Anything okay. anything sequoia is named after him. Yeah, yeah, the trees. What what did you know what the name means prior? I mean what what it meant to the Cherokee? Uh no, I don't know. That's a great question. He had he was part Cherokee. He was half Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Um his mother was Cherokee and his father was white. And so he also went by the name George. George uh guess. All right. Um it's hard to, it, no one knows for sure who his father was. Hmm. And so there's a couple of different guesses, well guesses, <laughs> isn't it? Guess. Yeah. Anyway, George Guess, um, he was really, really smart. Even, yeah, <laughs> I think his one of the people who could have been his father was named Guess. His last his, name was Guess. His but,
0: name was George. Your guess
1: is as best as, as good as mine. <laughs> and people got tired of saying that. I guess so they just shortened it to George Guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, he was uh, he was a brilliant child and invented all kinds of things. Hmm. Um, but he worked in. Um, his parents had a uh, trading post in North Carolina and so then he inherited the trading post when his parents died. And so he traded with all he met all kinds of people and he was kind of went he was fluent in the Cherokee culture and then also in this in the white American culture and but he wouldn't he didn't learn to read and but he saw that people the white people knew how to read hmm. and they re- could write stuff down and he he referred to that as talking leaves. Okay. And he was like, There's gotta be some way to do it. And he had a terrible time once he, he created his system, um, first person again, first person ever to do something like this. And he his system was so good, he taught his daughter his system because no and no one else, none of the other Cherokee, they thought it was witchcraft. Hmm. Um, some sort of telepathy or something like this isn't possible to, to write something down and have it mean words. They didn't understand the concept. Right. And so it took an enormous amount of work for him to convince people. But once the once he did and they realized the power of it. They just adopted it in droves. He was mm. such a charismatic leader, and so brilliant to be able to come up with something like this. Um, it's this is part of the reason that um, because so many Native Americans didn't have a written system, the white folks at the time thought that they were idiots and that they were stupid, and that you know that it was just a that's part of how right. they, you know, white people could feel superior. Um, but in the face of somebody like this who is I mean just ridiculously brilliant it's it's really yeah sad to to think about that anyway um I just think he's a he's an amazing man and uh had such a massive influence on society that I just just want to bring him to your attention like he's he's somebody that we should know about thanks and that we should we should enjoy for sure
0: Hey Dave. Hey, you know, um, we grew up differently, you know, and we sure did. Uh, we just we we just had a, an episode about um, the police, and I told oh, a yeah, story about uh-huh. yeah, running right. from the police, right? Yeah. I and a that. friend of mine listened to this, and he called me, and he he wanted to to relay to you to me, that okay. if you have never run from the police, have you not. have never been truly living, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Those were his words. I I can understand that, and yet I'm also I don't know that I want to live like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so I was, um, uh, you know, it's it's October, yep, uh, soon, mm-hmm. and so we're going to be putting episodes out in October. Yeah, well, maybe we'll we'll release this in October, but yeah, so it's uh, still September. It's Halloween. Right yeah, Halloween. And so as we talk about some of our uh, upbringing differences, you were you were a good boy, and, and I wasn't a bad kid, but I I had a lot of fun on Halloween. Yeah. Let me tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> One time I took a pumpkin, a large pumpkin. Yeah. I cut the lid off. Okay. And I went down to the creek. Uh-huh. And I got creek water. Uh-huh. And I poured it in the pumpkin. Okay. Then I, I got some beef stew from the kitchen <laughs> that was taken out of the fridge because it had been in there too long. Okay. And before it went in the trash, I put it in the pumpkin oh with the creek goodness. water. <laughs> and then I put the lid back on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I left it outside for weeks. Okay. No way. So then I find this pumpkin. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I go and 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 I'm trying to pick it up, and it, it the whole pumpkin has turned to a, a like a dark shade of of uh, of orange, kind of brownish orange, and it's really soft and really heavy. The pumpkin is so fragile, I'm afraid to pick it up, and I get an old. <laughs> Dog food bag that was empty, and I very carefully put the pumpkin in the dog food bag, and I close it up, yeah. and then I am transported over to my friend's neighborhood, okay. where I used to uh, get into mischief. Uh uh-huh. And in the car, in the car, in the car, with this dog food bag. You know, dog food's like a like a, a lined bag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah They're heavy. The heavy, heavy bags. duty bag. Yeah, yeah. It smelled so bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, Pumpkins we, are awful when they it rot. It was
0: it's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. And we and I can't imagine gagging. beef
1: stew and like old beef stew. The bacteria that comes water. with the creek water. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it sat there for weeks. Ugh. So it's Halloween night, I go over to my friends and this thing <laughs> is I mean it's hanging by threads. It's a big pumpkin. Yeah. We were we had the windows down, we were gagging. It smelled yeah. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I go to some random house. Oh no. I don't know who lives there. Don't know anything about them.
1: It's okay, a let random me, let me interrupt you. Yeah. The, the, I, I think I know where this is going, but yeah. I want to hear the end of it. But before you say that, mm-hmm. uh, the worst thing I've done, I know the pumpkins smell bad. I put a piece of a, this is, I'm the good boy, you're the bad boy, right? Uh, when I was a kid in college, I put a piece of a pumpkin. Um, I I had access to somebody's car that they let me borrow, and I went into the trunk, <laughs> which was basically empty, um, and lifted up the the floor of the trunk and down where in the like where the spare Spare tire tire, is, I put I put some uh some pumpkin in there and just let it rot. Let it rot. Let it go. And then after some time it was in the it went through the winter and it didn't smell because it was not rotting through the winter. And uh which I was disappointed with. But when it's when it started to warm up. Oh my goodness. I know that pumpkin smell it is is unlike I'm anything else, you. it is some yeah. of the worst. It is awful. Even so with bad. that closed bag, we yeah. were dying. It yeah. was horrible. It's, it's It smelled I can't imagine. so bad. I mean, I, I know a little bit of what you're yeah. talking about, and only a little bit. It's got to be yeah. awful. It okay, is, so it's, you're-
0: it's on the top five of the most horrible smells that I've encountered, and I've had some really bad ones. I agree with so, you, and I've yeah. worked in
1: hospitals for a long time. Yeah. I've smelled yeah. some bad things.
0: <laughs> right. Rotten pumpkin is up there. So uh, yeah, we get to this house. It's uh, it's lights are off. There's no candy to be had. Um, that was reason enough, okay, that they're they're boohoo Halloween and not handing out candy to us young <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, high yeah. school bucks trick or treat. I think I was maybe eighth grade, ninth grade, and I took this thing out of the bag very carefully, and I just just gently tossed it onto the porch. Because if I if I tried to throw it, it's just going to break. Of course, it was so yeah. fragile. When it hit the porch. It turned into absolute liquid. Oh my god! It just, pfft, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. spread out all over the entire the entire porch. porch. Yeah, and, and it was about an inch thick, and it was brown, orangey mush, and it was awful. And I just want to take a moment to apologize to whoever lived in that house. You don't even know who it was. I don't know who it was, and I I'm really sorry I did that because that must have been a horrible mess. That's got to clean be a story
1: up. that they tell for generations.
0: I they I don't know. I feel I, I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I there was no reason to do that other than your lights were off on Halloween. Okay, boys uh,
1: and girls do not do this to people.
0: Yeah, I so that, that's the kind of bad boy that I was. And I was in like driving fast cars and, and getting drunk and carrying on right. uh, or using drugs or whatever. I, I, right. I, was a, I was a good kid. I got good grades, but I got into that kind of mischief. Yeah, mischief. Like, yeah. like really
1: uh, significant mischief.
0: Yeah. And so, um, and Halloween, for whatever reason, really kind of brought it out. It brought it out in you. Does yeah. it still? No. No, yeah. I just hand out candy bars to kids and, you know, look at their costumes. You've and, mellowed in your own ways. Oh, range. yeah. I'm. I'm I'm an old man now but uh, let me tell you another story okay <laughs> we took a hockey mask I got a you know a Jason Voorhees hockey uh-huh. mask yeah, white yeah. mask and my other friend uh he had one and I got my dad's chainsaw okay I took the chain off of it uh-huh so it's it's pretty yeah. harmless harmless yeah and um and we went to his neighborhood where yeah. there were lots of kids and lots of trick or treating going on yeah and people walking around and there's woods and places to hide yeah he had a like a Gas-powered weed eater or something it was the only thing he could, he could get, um, and we we would get in the woods on one. I get on one end of the street, and he get on the other end of the street. Yeah. And we'd have people trapped in the street. Okay. Where I would come out with a chainsaw and I'd fire up the chainsaw with my hockey mask (laughs) and they would take off running down and I would go back in the woods. Yeah. And then when they got, you know, a hundred yards down the way, he'd pop out of the woods down there with his weed and scare him back my way. Yeah. um, We thought that was hilarious for some reason. Did it work? Oh, man. Uh, We scared a lot of people. Yeah. And we thought that was really funny. But I'll tell you what, I'm a little ashamed to tell you this. Okay. I was sitting in the ditch, uh-huh. we were catching our breath from all this activity and mischief, uh-huh. and two girls walked by, uh-huh. little girls with their candy. One was a princess and okay. one was a fairy, yeah. had little wings and uh-huh. little wand and their little bags of candy. And we were sitting there and we had our hockey masks on and they said, Ooh, scary.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> Um, so they, yeah, they were, they were not so young that they weren't just terrified immediately. Right. They had a little sass to them. Yeah. And they said, "Ooh, scary. And they didn't see the chainsaw down in the grass in the, in the shadow of the ditch mm-hmm. of which this thing started on a dime. Yeah. I mean, I pull that string in it. Most chainsaws you got to pull like 10 yeah. times. No, this so was, was, yeah. yeah. This was, and I come, you know, yeah. up with the chainsaw and they, they screamed uh-huh. and ran down the street sure. and I was holding the chainsaw over my head. Uh huh. And then I, you know, I turned it off there. Wait. I mean, they, it was almost like in the movies where they're suddenly 50 yards away. I mean, yeah. they, they took off. They took off. Sure. And then I, I turn around and on the ground are two bags of candy, a fairy's wand and oh. a little princess cone, you yeah. know, the, the yeah. hat, the yeah. scarf off, the, off her hat laying there in the street. And I felt Horrible. Um, and I was like, Hey, you forgot your candy,
1: <laughs> but they're not coming back. <laughs> they're not coming hey, back. Yeah. yeah. So come and, get candy from the guy with, with the, the chainsaw.
0: So we had some free candy that night. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm ashamed to say that, but uh, it was kind of funny too. Uh, at least it was at that age.
1: It was at that age. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You want another one? Yeah. How I mean, many you got? I, I got a bunch. Okay. Um, that same night, we went to one of my school teachers' uh-huh. houses. Yeah, um, she was our ninth grade. This was I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. She was our English teacher, and me and my friend stood on her porch with our hockey masks on and the yeah. chainsaw and the wheel. Yeah. We knocked on the door. She came to the door. Yeah. She had a screen door, and it was glass. Mm-hmm. And she lo- was looking at the gra- glass and and staring at us. And we didn't say a sa- we didn't make a sound. We didn't we didn't move our eyes. We didn't blink. We didn't speak. We stood there motionless. Wow, with a chainsaw with the hockey masks. Yeah, And she paused, and she looked at us, and she paused, and she said, I know you, right? No answer. Mm. You're a couple of my students, right? No answer. Mm. Are you trick-or-treating? Do you want candy? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's going on. She finally decides she's going to open the door. She's brave enough now. It's got to be a couple of students in her mind, you know? Yeah. And she... Opens the door and I fire up that chainsaw. You know, rah, and she, yeah. she has a, a like a midbrain response. you know, like a, sp- a yeah, spasm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. candy comes out of her bowl and you know she screams <laughs> and then we we had a good laugh after that and she sure. told the story for years about. I'm how sure a couple of her students came and scared her. I,
1: all these stories that you're telling are people who are going to tell these stories for years <laughs> yeah. and years and years. Maybe to their therapist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, when it comes to our kids, my wife and I, we have a twisted sense of humor. We say, "Hey, just uh, just send us the bill."
1: Yeah, right.
0: Um, and when you get out and you're on your own and you're living your life and you realize you're all messed up,
1: and you go to therapy, just send us the bill. We'll okay. take care of it. So I see the humor in those kinds of stories. Uh, my, when I think about Halloween, uh, I like when I, I like more practical jokes, and I guess I always have. Maybe that's because I'm a. A, a good guy. We need to talk about that sometime about our, our <laughs> yeah. uh, you know and uh anyway, do you know Tom Mabe? Do you know who that is? He's no. a, he's a practical joker. Um that that's his that's his job is to play practical jokes. Okay. Maybe I'll show the video, but he's got a um for Halloween one time, he made a paper mache little boy uh dressed in a Spider-Man costume. With his hands out, and then he puts a bag in the paper this this uh paper mache thing and he and he goes and he trick or treats with this thing and as he so he's like plays like the dad and he's got this paper mache little boy okay he sets up and he knocks on the door trick or treat and the person answers and says, "Oh, you're a little spider, but he's you know he looks like he's five years old or something uh-huh. three uh, four years old oh uh, trick or treat uh can you say trick or treat?" Of course, the paper mache is completely silent, right. and so the so uh, Tom Mabe says uh, he's deaf, and, <laughs> or you know, he's he's really shy. He's really shy, and uh, and so the person like they they try to interact with him. One person like, oh, I know sign language. I started signing to him, <laughs> and oh, he, he's deaf, but he's also shy. He doesn't, He just wants candy. <laughs> and, you know, so they give this thing candy. And then he says, yeah, thank you very much. They give and, this thing candy. They give this thing candy, yeah. right? Uh, w- I mean, right. they think they're giving it to a person. Right. And so then he picks it up, sticks it under his arm, and walks off. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> like, what just happened? It's so funny that you bring that up mm-hmm. uh, because
0: I did something very similar the next year to the same English teacher. What? Yeah. Crazy enough. I, I got a little kid's costume, and we made a dummy out of newspaper, sticks, no masking tape. We made a little human form. Um, we put this costume on it. We put a bag of candy in their hands, and they we, had, we put it on her porch, and we had one of our friends, a girlfriend, uh, stand there with it and ring the doorbell to yeah. trick-or-treat. Yeah. Only here's Almost exactly the same yeah, thing. O- except here's the real- He's made a ton of money on that. W- really? Yeah. Here's the really awful twist. Okay. Okay, this was my sense of humor okay. back in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend and I are hiding in the bushes with our hockey masks on, and souvenir bats. No way. You know what a souvenir bat is. It's yeah, a short sure, sure, bat. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's wood. It it'll do some damage. Sure, but it's little, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a regular bat. So uh, this costume was a, like a bunny, like okay. Bugs Bunny. Uh-huh. The the teacher comes to the door, she says, Oh, look, it's a little, <laughs> a bunny. little bunny. Yeah. We hop up on the porch and start beating this dummy oh, to no. death with our short bats. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the sticks are snapping, you know, and the things falling apart, <laughs> yeah. and we're just wailing on it in these hockey masks. And uh, I, she. This is exactly what she said. Oh shit, David!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she knew immediately. She knew it was yeah, you from the year before that it was us. And oh, so she she figured out that it was you immediately as soon as she saw the well, hockey I mean, mask from before. She knew. The previous oh yeah, yeah. Year? So we had had a laugh. We had talked. You know, we had, we oh, t- we see. took off our mask. We visited oh, with oh, her. Oh, oh, I didn't get yeah. that part. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah we we discussed our yeah. our. On her and yeah yeah yeah. So then we 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 tried to outdo ourselves each year. So this went on for another year. We're the and same they, teacher. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear the third story? Sure. Yeah. What a way to start <laughs> October. All right. So uh we we thought well we got to outdo ourselves. Yeah. Okay. We we how do that? We beat up a dummy beat on our porch. We had yeah. the chainsaw thing and the hockey mask. So we decided um we we're first we're going to go to her door in our in our masks. So that it appeared that we had no other ideas. Uh-huh. And she said, oh, okay, so you, you can't outdo yourself, you All know. Right, right, and right, so right. We, sure. we, we got some candy from her, and we, we left. By the way, we're juniors at this point. Okay, yeah. Uh, so then we had taken a ladder, uh-huh. a 32-foot ladder, okay. and we put it up on her roof. Oh, no. <laughs> I went up on her roof. Oh, my goodness. I took a life-size dummy yeah. that we had made with newspaper and sticks and masking tape and clothes and a noose around its neck. Oh, no. I lower it down to the front of her door, and I hold the rope at the right place so Uh that when I drop this dummy, it will hang right Uh in front of her door. Yes, 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 yes. I pull the dummy back up. My friend rings the doorbell. Now, by this time, Uh there is a crowd of people in the street watching this. They've been watching you. They've been watching me get set up. Uh And they're all out in the street waiting for this to happen. Yeah. Uh, They ring the doorbell. And she comes to the door and I drop the dummy and it hangs right in front of her. Of course, I didn't have the privilege of seeing the expression on her face. Yeah, yeah. Um, But everyone else did and Uh they roared. Everyone in the street just started laughing and cackling and roaring. Um, And she couldn't believe that we had gone through such lengths to try to give her a a jolt. Uh Uh, But it it certainly worked and she still tells that story as well. Uh, Interestingly... When we were going to her house, our school principal lives in that neighborhood, and he saw us with the ladder. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and he saw us putting this ladder up. So I ran over there and said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a prank on you know this woman, this teacher. Yeah, I should I
1: should just go ahead and say her name. And shout out to Mrs. Gill, Mrs. Gill. I thank you so much for putting up with all the shenanigans <laughs> of my pastor." Yeah. (laughs) My Pastor Dave.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Sometimes I wonder if if I went into the right profession. (laughs) You know, um, maybe I should have been an impractical joker or something. I think I could have done well at that. But um, let me tell you the prank we didn't do. Okay. The next, we were seniors, and we thought, how are we going to outdo this? Yeah. And I decided that I wanted to take a gas can Uh and and just put water in it. Okay. But she would think it's gas, of of course. Yeah. And we were deciding whether we were going to to um, to mock burn somebody in her front yard, oh my goodness. or whether we were going to mock burn her in her front yard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. And um and we decided we better not do either one of those. That yeah. um she had had a, a mild heart attack, and uh, <laughs> we thought, you know, this is this is too much. Yeah. Um, we, we're it's fun to outdo ourselves, and it's fun to do pranks, but um. This could be pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we didn't. Mm. But that was what Mm. we were planning. Did you do anything that year? We didn't. No. We uh yeah, we didn't. I was um yeah, we're gonna I was gonna tie someone else up to a tree in her front yard or you know, we're gonna Yeah uh yeah, hey, come on out here and then Yeah. Um we thought, well we can't do it to her. That's too we'd have to get her wet with the yeah, you know, she wouldn't smell gas. I don't know, it just wouldn't work. So we right we were thinking through the logistics and decided it's a flop. Let's not do it. Yeah. It's too risky. Yeah. So we didn't do anything that year. Okay. She got
1: off easy. She got off easy. Although I I, I like the idea of her like being prepared uh, for what's going to come uh, and nothing ever does. Yeah. And even through the night, like, okay, maybe it's in the middle of the night they're going to do something or maybe it's, you know, <laughs> she you right. can't sleep. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe that's the prank. So those are my Halloween pranks. Thanks for listening to The Hopper Podcast. What do we get wrong? What do we miss? What is it about this issue that you th- want us to pursue next? Write us at
0: thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to thehopperpodcast at gmail.com. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. And join us next time when we'll discuss small rats in the energy crisis
1: oh my goodness yeah that's a really important one Uh, if you listen this far you obviously like the show you can support us by getting a hopper tattoo on your forehead oh yeah I didn't
0: think about my forehead I've already got one on my lower back
1: (laughs) yeah those are great options
0: (laughs) (laughs) or you could just subscribe and follow and share the hopper podcast with someone that you know would
1: appreciate the show share the hopper goodness the hopper podcast is brought to you by the good people at the 33 cent store when you can't afford the dollar store 33 30 cent store.